going. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, we're keeping this one. All right, what's going on, Zach? How you doing? Good, you? Yeah, I'm all right. All Perfect. right. So we uh, we just got done watching. Uh, pretty cool. I I enjoyed it, um, but definitely very unexpected uh, movie. The film Pig. Uh, by just called Pig. Yeah, it's just called Pig. Pig. Uh, it's directed by Mark Michael Sarnowski, starring Nicolas Cage and uh, Alex Wolf. Um, those are the two main characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot uh, of side characters. Yeah, but no one. No other one, than other than uh, the, the father. father. Yeah, yeah the Maybe. father. The father. The disappointed father. <laughs> I wouldn't know nothing about that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, so I don't know, just like impressions. What'd you think, Zach? Um, okay. Uh, this was, yeah, not what I expected. Um, I think we went into this movie fairly blind. I don't, I didn't know much about I, it. I, had, it I hadn't, a, I hadn't even really honestly seen a, a, a trailer for it even. Like yeah. I just heard, so there's this movie about, called Pig with Nicolas Cage and it's actually really good. And he's it, like, what's it about? It's about a pig. <laughs> you know, just on about Nick Cage real quick. Like, his movies are always, like... I don't know. He's just an attractive actor. Uh, I don't mean physically. Just, like... I don't he, know. There's something that draws one, I think, at least for me. Yeah, no. Draws no. me to, like, Nick Cage. <clears throat> like, a Nick Cage movie comes out. I'm like, oh, it's got Nick Cage in it. I want to see it. You know? Um, so, I mean, it starts off, and he's, you know some like mountain man you know a gruff mountain man bearded yeah this movie like takes haggard. place in uh oregon yeah North, would you say northern near Port- portland yeah 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 and uh, and uh well it starts near portland yeah the movie yeah. goes they go into portland eventually but, right, right i mean it starts off and it's feels like it's about to be like some wilderness almost survivalist like living off the land like yeah. you just know an, nature just a man getting in, in touch with, yeah in touch with nature nick cage lives out in the in the woods and he's got a, a pig he's very close with he has a very special bond with this pig yeah. and uh yeah, and they do is, yeah. and they go truffle hunting yeah, yeah. and i mean like that's it's how a, it's, it starts it's, off it's, it's a real honestly it's just it's a like without spoiling anything it's like it's a very simple premise you yeah. know the premise is he has a pig and then one day it gets it gets kidnapped, kidnapped. the pig is kidnapped yeah. in the middle of the night yeah tragic tragic yeah they break into his cabin he's got a cabin yeah. in the woods yeah and you know i i just think that you know i think nick cage like you know his performance in this movie was top notch mm-hmm. he was like and i i you know when the movie started i i would brought up this uh his the last movie i really liked from him uh mandy mm-hmm. and it has almost in a similar way like a very similar setup where it's like a revenge yeah um type definitely mo- like you don't I, from like from like just the first throughout the movie you don't know where it's going and, yeah. and it subverts time and time again i think your expectations of where you might assume the the plot is is what direction the plot's going in it's like constantly subverted from like yeah right. it starts in it when the pigs like it starts and you're like oh is this some weird nature wilderness like you know getting in touch with your you know finding yourself and yeah. getting in touch with your spirit animal and stuff yeah. but then immediately within the first 15 minutes the pigs kidnapped <laughs> and then you think oh it's like a 
you know, like Mandy, where it's a yeah. revenge, or like a John Wick. You said John Wick earlier, where I'm on a revenge to get to find my pig. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's it's not it's you know if that's what you're expecting going into this, um, it's something very different and de- like different than that. Like yeah. like you said, it's subverted both of our expectations mm-hmm. of what we thought this movie was going to be because in a way it has like a very it has a a, a premise and a start that's like very familiar it's been mm-hmm. done before it's you know it's you know it's a trope that you know, someone who's off the grid, you know, like, yeah. you know, like in those movies when they need to get the guy who's off the grid, he's like, we need you for one last job. Yeah. You're like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and even the character that Nick Cage plays, his name's Robin Feld. The character himself turns out to be not the person you expect him to be. Like you are introduced and immediately your mind goes somewhere. It's like, oh, gruff mountain man, man, a few words, man, action, Badass even comes to mind, you know. I mean, because he looks, because he looks like grizzled. Yeah, he grizzled. Looks, yeah, and he, you think he's gonna be like this hard ass, you know, kind of callous person, but by the end of the film, he's very vulnerable. The character, very vulnerable, and he's not brutal. What what he doesn't have this edge of brutality or violence that maybe it might. You set up your expectations to lead you towards viewing him as like it ends by the end of the film he's he's you know a very soft you know um and vulnerable character which you know in all ways you know um i I would say this film more than any we've watched for our film reviews definitely like set up a lot of it like led you to have expectations and assumptions and then completely like flip the book on you and subverted those and yeah dragged you like dragging isn't the right word but brought you down a path towards something that was like a lot heavier emotionally yeah this movie yes and yeah and you know like it was a a sad movie yeah 100 like i even found myself like kind of like choked up like at the end because it's just like you know when you realize what this movie is about it yeah it's a very it's very melancholic you know it's like very it's like it's a very sad movie Mm -hmm. and also like you said very heavy and that's the one thing i really was not expecting and honestly because of its runtime which is about like 90 minutes Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't feel like it's dragged on it doesn't it's very like you get it and you don't you don't even learn anything really directly about his background like everything is inferred by the environment and interactions with other people yeah. which is you know it's and even when you know like um you know characters like inquire about the past the director doesn't show that mm-hmm. and doesn't show that conversation because he wants uh the character of robin feld to like you know kind of speak larger than you know yeah. just this like character it's like a it's almost like for a vehicle for him, the director to get across his message. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I think, yeah, what, what tells the story and what reveals more about both the character of Robin and Amir played by Christopher Wolf. Is that his name? Uh, Alex Wolf. Alex Wolf. Um, is like, cause even the first, your first impression of Amir is like some, 
yuppie looking young like yeah quote unquote entrepreneur yeah, and, wearing and, gucci belts yeah, and, and nice clothes and fancy car and, and that was another part that like really that really surprised me too because when you you are introduced to him you think that he's gonna be this trope of like you know this yuppie like you mm-hmm. said a yuppie a-hole yeah sleaze bag yeah, of some kind yeah and you hear him like he's materialistic like, oh, yeah and like kind of phony yeah but then like as the movie unfolds, like the character actually has a lot of uh, depth, depth yeah. to it, and you know, like, and it's not like phony, and it's not like, like, and the character still later on plays within what you would expect, mm-hmm. but like, you know, it's not. I don't know. It's like it's it's what this director did with its characters was mm-hmm. like this two main characters was very interesting. Yeah, it definitely lets the emotions of the characters like speak for themselves and like develop what you'll come to understand of both Robin and Amir is like through their emotions. There's an interesting dynamic. I feel like with memories in general and, and the memories that both of them carry and how that affects their, you know, mental and emotional state. Like, you know, it starts with Robin being this quiet, you know, mysterious guy, and that gives them this air of like, you know, being like badass. And you're like, oh, he's a man of, yeah. he's a si- strong but silent type. But like, it's more, it's not that he's, you know, silent because he's badass. It's like more what he carries with him, right? That makes like him... this is a deeply traumatized individual. Like, yeah. you, as he goes on, like you think he's grieving essentially. Yeah, yeah. and he lives in a perpetual state of grief. Basically. Yeah, and he and his him. The reason he lives in the forest is because, like, he in a way he's escaped. He's escaped. Yeah. You know where, you know his life in the city in Portland. Right. You know where you know his traumas might have arisen from and his bad his his unpleasant memories are and he's escaped and now he lives like a jaded lifestyle but a humble life you know in in the woods with his pig and you know that's what he's happy and content with and in case you're wondering it is a very cute looking pig yeah yeah it's a little furry guy (laughs) yeah yeah you know like it's not like an ugly pig the the fact that you know you definitely you're rooting for the pig. Yeah, and, and you know um, the 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 dynamic too between both Amir and Robin, I think, is really good. You know, yeah, and it carry and like even you know like Robin like in the beginning of this movie, you feel like he's like I don't give a shit who this guy is. Yeah, like, and, you're and it just almost my feels ride. like it has like it's gonna set up this thing of being like oh opposite buddies, you know, yeah, like, opposite buddy like road trip movie almost not quite road trip but like opposites you know one guy's the yuppie one guy's the mountain man but like they're at the end they're very you can see they're very similar right very similar both experiencing loss and grief and you know very vulnerable both the both of them right by the end of the film yeah no and you know and the way they kind of they kind of in the end connect is by kind of acknowledging their like shared traumas and the the you know the, the you know the things that happened in their past that you know made them who they are you yeah. know and you know and i think like what the direct because this is definitely an art an art film i'd say for sure yeah you know it's 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 a sad movie and it's a 
it's a depressing movie, just to put it simply. Yeah. And, you know, those aren't always well received within American film, main, right. you know, mainstream film. Right. You know, that's because not because always well for received. an American audience, a movie, you know, a, a more marketable movie is a movie that sells something with like a satisfying ending, mm-hmm. you know, something that leaves Full you. Full resolution. There's not a lot of resolution. Right. I find, I think. And, and, you know, like, that's why, like, before we, you know, turned everything on, we were kind of just sitting with it because we didn't know we honestly didn't know like how how we felt about that how the fact that there's such a lack of resolution and yeah I, honestly i would say you know in, in full honesty this is a difficult film to like yeah. kind of sit it's, here it's and honest, have a conversation it, about like podcast format yeah you know? it's 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 honestly like i mean even s- some of the cursory reviews that i was just looking at before you know uh recording was saying a lot of them said like this is like a hard movie to review because it's just it's very like there's a lot of like symbology there's a very a lot if like a lot of stuff that feels like a metaphor yeah the whole film feels like a metaphor yeah. you know from the culinary aspects of it which i loved we can yeah. get into that yeah yeah we'll um, definitely get yeah but you know or the pig itself as a metaphor you know and you know everything in between like it, the whole film feels like one the secret society among the chefs yeah and like and, and the and culinary a, world and, and that's the thing like i tend to like really enjoy when like a movie takes like a very like wild turn like when it, it shows something that you didn't expect like for example like the twist in um sorry to bother you mm-hmm. right and that was like a twist that you know, a lot of people felt like, okay, now this movie feels too ridiculous. A lot of times that that really does do well with me because I like very, like, fantastical stuff because it feels... I, I like the exaggerated nature of, you know, like, very, like, kind of... Like, like the, the underground chef's club, yeah. like, stuff like that. Like, but in this movie, like, even though it does, like, kind of have this, like, unreal and not real element to it, it feels very, like based in real life like even though it has some of these elements it it feels like a real story like a real you know yeah you does that is that making any sense like it feels like even though it has these elements where you would be like oh this feels metaphorical for something real yeah yes exactly exactly (laughs) the metaphor like of, of the whole entire film i can't quite put my finger on but it feels like it's metaphorical for you know something real or you know like um you know this the search for something you feel like you held dear to you but now you've lost and the search to return to to that and and the and and the memories that you still hold on to the good memories but painful also because you can know you you know you can never return to that right you know once once you lose something and you know it's it's gone you know and uh yeah i this movie uh i'd say would you you recommend you wanted the yes yeah so um just going forward we're kind of doing a new style we're going to kind of give like a general description you know what our impressions were and then tell you if we're going to recommend it or not and then we're going to kind of delve deeper get into the meat of it yeah so um for me it's definitely a recommend i i I think uh it's short enough to where it's not going to put someone off of watching it you know watching something that might be a little bit out of what they normally watch Mm -hmm. but i think 
you know, it might elicit a lot of, you know, uh, it will elicit a lot of feeling within you. And I think that's, I always, I always love it when a movie does yeah. that. I, I would say recommend too. If you're interested in watching something that's somewhat emotionally taxing, yeah, you know, yeah, um, for real, you know, by the end of this, by the time the credits come on, like you're just kind of sitting there a little bit shook, a little bit, is yeah. how I felt, you know, yeah, so and it's, it's, it's jarring, yeah, it's jarring, and it's like, and you're just like, well, what, what happens now, like, and, yeah. and like you said, because, um, a, a lot of American audiences, that's good. And that's why I was surprised when I saw the Rotten Tomatoes. It had a ninety. It said ninety-seven percent between critics and eighty-four percent between the audience, which is usually like that's a good that's a indicator that it is a good movie. Yeah. And you know, I think what makes it a little bit more accessible to maybe you know more normal normy, you know. Normcore, yeah. Normcore audiences, yeah. Is that uh, Nick Cage is in it, and Nick Cage like he his performance is really powerful in this movie, mm-hmm. and it's and it's it's one of those. The thing is with Nick Cage is that you know this, and this is like kind of like a. Uh, it's just something that's very typical of him is that he'll, you know, be in these movies where he's like, "What the fuck is this?" It's like some d- dumb, you know, like cash grab movie. And then he'll, like, give a performance where you're like, damn, man, Nick Cage can fucking act. And he can Mm -hmm. act with, like, not even having to say a lot. Like, his face is just, it's, like, he is a good actor. Like, Mm -hmm. he, like, you see a movie like this and you're like, my God, this dude's, like, one of the best actors ever, in my opinion. Yeah. And... I think that this is like one of those performances where you're like, wow, Nick Cage really killed it. Would you say it's reminiscent of uh, uh, Leaving Las Vegas? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. it's like, it's deranged in that same, in the same way Leaving Mm -hmm. Las Vegas is, but it's, it's very, uh, you know... Nick Cage is great in a depressing role. (laughs) Yeah, for, for real. Like, honestly, like, he has a face that can like sell sorrow yeah. <laughs> so yeah but that's a good uh, way of saying it yeah but yeah so i just two recommends from both of us um uh if you want to stop here go ahead we're gonna delve a little deeper into the meat of it and talk about you know some of the sport going into spoiler territory okay wee woo wee woo <laughs> so um yeah, uh, let's yeah let's talk about some of the. So first off, we want to talk about the culinary aspect of yeah. this movie. So Nick Cage, it it you know you learn um, like after the very like the violent scene of where the, the like he gets smacked in the head with a cast iron pan, which yeah yeah like and most of this movie, which I think is interesting, is that he's he stays bloodied. Yeah, he doesn't like wash himself off until and like the end. until the end. Yeah, and, and he goes he, to the crick when he returns. You know, to you him. know, I'm just thinking this right off the top of my head. Maybe like the blood on his face. It's like it's like kind of symbolic of like the the grief you carry, right? Like yeah. that's it. Like it's huh. like you know, and not until the end when he kind of has a bit of a resolution, then you know he's able to wash it off and you know 
start yeah, fresh, huh? I guess. Yeah, it is interesting. He goes and he has all these interactions with random people from the chef in the restaurant where he like breaks that chef down. Yeah. You know, um, which is let's 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 real, real quick. Let's mm-hmm. just talk about that scene. Like, well, you know what? I, in, in terms of the culinary aspect, I love how it's revealed that he's like this master chef. So right. in the beginning, it starts and he's you know, cooking the mushroom, every, it's broken into three parts and right. each part is named after a dish. So part one the is simple, rustic yeah. mushroom tart yeah. and it's simple and he cooks it there at his wilderness shack and you see him cooking. You're like, oh, that looks pretty good. He seems like he knows how to cook. It's that mountain man, like in touch with nature, he knows how to make a good meal. But then when he goes to Portland in search of his pig, you know, it's revealed that he's this master chef who was highly regarded within the culinary scene which is like borderline some secret society in portland yeah and and that he's like highly regarded and he goes to this restaurant in search of his pig with amir and the chef there recognizes him and he's there bloodied and you know covered you know in grime and all this but the chef recognizes him and he's like oh um, you're, you know, immediately, you know, he's, you know, in awe of him, showing respect and whatnot. Well, actually, no. the 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 first the first guy he talks to, Edgar, I think was his name, uh-huh. at the food trucks. Yeah, he actually was oh, like, yeah, that's an interesting. Yeah, one. yeah, because like when he goes, like he Nick Cage goes up to him and brings him food, mm-hmm. and it's like and. What he says to him is really interesting. He's like, you're dead. He's like, he's like, you're not like, he's like, you're like a vestige of the past. Basically, you're like, you don't exist. He literally says you don't exist anymore. You're nobody. Yeah. Which, you know, really (laughs) sets a tone for this movie. (laughs) And that's the guy who runs this weird underground, like chef waiter fighting pit yeah but it's not really a fighting pit because it's like they pay to beat up random well i think i I, dishwashers no no i think what that i did not understand that no i i think now like kind of thinking about i think what it is is that like it's like all of these people in the restaurant industry and depending on who you are within this industry people will pay to punch you in the face and you get money for how long you stand there. Yeah. Right. And like, in a way you get, that kind of can sum up his career as a chef is that, you know, he puts himself out there, he makes these meals and for like to be, you know, uh, he abused. Be, yeah. Abused. But like, you know, it's like a metaphor for like maybe even like critiques and mm-hmm. critics and, you know, the people that he serves and, you know, like trying to make sure, uh, you know, and, He's taken it. You get from that that like that his career. He's he's you know he is regarded, but he it took a toll on him. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, there's is it's there's a lot of mysteries in this film and a lot of unanswered mysteries even at the yeah. end. Like I think of that guy Edgar and I'm like, who is that guy? Why is he running some underground fighting pit for for yeah. the culinary world? And and it's kind of like hinted that there's like some it, it feels like the chef like a, culinary a network world. yeah it's like some the, giant like the secret, chef like illuminati yeah. yeah the chef <laughs> the illuminati freemasons of the culinary world you know within portland and like edgar's like you know it's not like it's not stated that he's a restaurateur or a chef himself he's just a guy that organizes things and yeah these fights i mean like your guess is as good as mine too you know i mean that could very it's, well it, be i think a lot the of case why uh, this fights are taking place 
a lot of the scenes and a lot of the moments in this film are left up to interpretation. Yeah. I think I I think that it's like what you get from that, like what mm. you see because like I think that this is definitely one of those movies where you have to kind of like you have to kind of find the meaning mm. in it through like you watching it. And I think just to me that's the impression that I get like it's like it's like symbolic of his career maybe mm-hmm. you know like yeah people will pay but then in the end they'll you know they'll always have to find something to critique yeah. you know even though himself is a very cynical person you can yeah. gather well going into the stuff about like um the culinary aspect of this film the way I like films that are centered around culinary stuff whether it's food or like sideways like wine i like it where uh a culinary subculture yeah or 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 subject is a drive is a driving plot point you know i find it just that you know like food and drink is like you know it's communal it's like a very it's like a very it's a base human instinct to like you know like have like a meal with you know Mm -hmm. and it's like a very you know and you know in a way like when amir finds out who robin is like you know he's like oh my family they had a meal at your at uh, your restaurant Mm -hmm. and it was you know one of the happiest you know it was like they thought oh they thought about it for Mm -hmm. like for years after you know and it's just like um I think also just I I was having this thought when you were talking about like memory and like sense memory, mm-hmm. you know, there's this weird thing with like smells, yeah. right? It's very visceral and a, sometimes a certain smell can even take you to a certain place in yeah. time, you know? Uh, food is like a trigger for memory, smell, taste. Yeah. And even at the end when um, yeah. they cook a meal for Amir's father and it's the meal that he served to um, uh, the father and the wife when they were really happy that Amir described to him. And I kept mentioning mentioning Proust. So I want to explain what that yeah, what yeah, Proust yeah, please, is. Yeah, 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 please. So Proust is this French author, and he had this story. He's famous for this motif. So I don't know the story. I, I know the motif, though, where a character is eating madeleines which are like these little biscuit cookies right and um the character takes a bite of the madeleine and all of a sudden it like unlocks it's a trigger and it unlocks like all these long forgotten but like dear memories like and they come flooding back and the character is like overwhelmed like is reminded of their childhood and like eating these madeleines and like Mm -hmm. in a moment they become completely vulnerable think of the movie ratatouille Mm-hmm. another yeah, culinary yeah. film where the critic eats the ratatouille that's a prost moment where he eats it and he has a flashback to childhood and he's like oh my god you know and he's like breaks down and at the end when they cook that meal for amir's father and he takes a bite and you can see it in his face and like and then he starts crying he breaks down that's right. the prost moment where it breaks a, down the wall it, it, it doesn't it bre- necessarily have to be food it could be any tr- memory trigger like taste smell sight sound whatever something happens and it unlocks a long i would can't say forgotten but a long tucked away memory but a dear one that like you know brings 
like brings you crumbling down in a way. It's a very like powerful motif, you know. It's it's very French too, you know. That yeah, that like that uh, sounds French. <laughs> to, to have that like you know um, like take a bite and all of a sudden like everything you you had locked away like comes flooding back and you're just awash with these emotions. Yeah, and you know, uh, in a way, like uh, the the like final scene of like you know him Nick Nick. Uh, what's his name? Robbins serving the f- the dinner to uh, the father and uh, Amir. Uh, status plays like a really important part in this film. Like even like back to like the underground Fight Club, Chef Fight Club. Yeah, like, you know there is something. You know what? I, when I was thinking just now, it was like you know maybe it's just like they want to pay for the satisfaction of beating up like a great chef. Yeah, you know just because they get. It's just because maybe they're jealous of how great they are. Yeah. Maybe they wish they could cook like you that. Know, like, maybe it's like just kind of a like, power move or something. Like I like what I thought about with that too is like you know like kind of like the crabs in a bucket mentality where it's like, um, where like in like a subgroup when someone's like succeeding and doing well, you know, there's gonna be a lot of people. And I know this sounds douchey, but there's gonna be like a lot of people who like you know, don't like to, you know, might be bitter or, you know, and it's only natural, you know, uh, there's a lot of people, you know, who are not, you know, they might be just a sous chef or a waiter or a bus boy, you know, and then they work alongside this like highly regarded chef, you know, it might be, you know, I don't know. And, but anyway, but the point is, is that like in that moment, in the last moment, the, this father has like kind of like a like you know in the uh, you know truffle trading world in Portland, he has like kind of like this mob boss like kind of stature and like the way he like carries himself and when this when he cooks him this meal it like, it like breaks it down completely and then when um when Robin goes to kind of like be like where's the pig and he goes he he's like the pig died when the the people he hired were a little too rough with it and you know it's just uh and then you see nick cage like like burst out in an emotion like for the first like honestly for the first time in the film like you know Mm -hmm. he's always like asking where is his pig like loudly in this film but he's like very like he's like out of like a very like a sm- restrained yeah a very restrained and then in that moment he just like bursts out you know mm. he's like finally like kind of confronted with because he's been gone you know from this whole world for like 15 years from because uh he had a you know a significant other who passed away his so yes um so we I we were saying earlier about how like memories play an important right, role right, right, in right. this, and even at one point when in that scene where Amir's father's breaking down, and Robin comes in and tells him, "I remember every meal that I've ever cooked." Right. You know, it brings what what I'm trying to say about what I like about food and drink being a focal point and a theme in a story is I th- I feel like there's something powerful about food. It's relation yeah. to memories how it brings people together, how you can associate meals you've had 
with the people you were with, yeah. you know, and, and I mean, the experience you had with that person, I mean, like, you and know, just the power of, you know, food to create memories, to bring people together, food and drink, and like, and, and they can carry like, uh, sorry, I want to no, 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 bring up sideways it. again too, like uh, how. In the in the film Sideways, Paul Giamatti's character like refused to drink a certain wine, uh, Merlot, because his wife drank it. You know how how food and drink can carry with them for for individuals like memories that they connect with that food and drink. You know, so you know it's like almost like the food is a part of their their life. You know, but it's different for everybody else. You know, you can even tie it to. Uh high like a movie like high fidelity where like certain songs and stuff yeah, like that like remind him music too remind him of different relationships yeah, exactly you know? exactly it's, and like how yeah exactly like the the songs the music it, it doesn't necessarily have to be i think music works well too as if driving force in, in in films like this yeah you know where that deal with grief and loss and like memories you know right. and also bringing people together but then also losing people and all you have left is the music to remind you of them or the food to remind you of them. You know, whether they left you, you know, due to an end of a relationship or, you know, due to, um, you know, death. You know, well, I, I mean, even like going along with the food thing, like, you know, like just on a personal note, like when we lived together, we liked to have like, we liked to cook and like mm-hmm. have meals. And especially when we had friends over, we do that. And I even like, still to this day, like one of my, uh, van, our friend, he like, he's like, Oh, like, you know, like I think about like the, the dinners, like when we'd like all sit down and talk, you know, drink some wine and, you know, it's like a very, like, it's a very visceral and like communal thing. It yeah. like elicits a lot of, you know, like eat cause eating yeah. is like something we all need to do to survive but when you make like a you know event out of it yeah yeah yeah. it's like food it can be as simple as just being like sustenance to survive but you can make like something great and something you can make a whole event something spectacular out of it that you share with other people and then that becomes like a long lasting memory and same way with drink you know like i sometimes still smell certain alcohols that remind me of somebody a friend or a girlfriend or whatever you know like i I, yeah, you know, like, I definitely have this same feeling, like, also on a personal note for me, you know, I've, I very much like, I only started liking cooking and food within the past few years of my life. And for a while, like, I didn't cook, I didn't like to cook, or I thought I didn't like to cook. Um, you know, in college, I was very, you know, just eating whatever, you know, yeah. and it wasn't until I got older and, you know, to be honest and, and open, like, Part of me getting sober, I used cooking as 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 a good way to you know just cope with sobriety and to find yeah. to find a pleasure in other things in life other than drugs, and and you know, like cooking and and, and food, the experience of food, like helped me find a new pleasure in life and appreciate things outside of you know getting high or whatever, and, and so in recent years has become something for me that I you know, is important to my life to help, you know, it's a creative venture for me cooking. Um, yeah. You I know. mean, you know me, I like, I, I, I haven't done it in a while since I haven't had my own kitchen, but I've, you know, I was like, you remember, it's a meditative experience yeah, sometimes cooking for well, like, yourself you remember, and others. You remember like how I was like super into baking, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I still am. Um, but 
you know, there's, yeah, especially with baking, it's like you follow these sets, you follow this list, you have to use certain techniques, you have to do certain things, you have to, you know, it's not just like everything's just, you know, it, it, there's like a finesse to it. And yeah. it's like something that you learn over time how to do. And yeah, it's very like cathartic. It's a very like cathartic exercise. You know, it's like you're, you're expecting, mm, this is going to taste good. You're thinking about eating it. You're like, how can I make the, you know, it's like a very like, I don't know. It's a very intensive activity. That's very rewarding. Yeah. And it has a, yeah, no cooking helped me like cope with a lot of shit. Yeah. Like, you know, and you know, and I think for a lot of people too, like you know, like think about people's grandparents. People talk about like their grandmother, their grandma, the first their thing mom's they always, cooking, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, first thing, a lot of times for a lot of people, the first things they always bring up when remembering their mom or their grandma um, is their cooking. You know, like that's what brings that person back is, yeah. is the meals that that person cooked for them and shared with them. Yeah, you know, and so you know to bring it back to the film, you know, I think Robin. To him, the cooking was like a part of his life, something he was passionate about, but it was there, it was, he held it dear to him because it was something him and his wife shared, you know, yeah. or his partner. It's never clear if they're ever married or whatever. Yeah, all but you like know is something, that she passed away. Yeah, and so, you know, for him, it's like that, maybe that's why he left the culinary world after she died. He couldn't keep doing it because every time he returned to cooking, it just brought up memories of her that he couldn't oh, yeah. handle. Yeah, that's my guess as to why yeah. he's he disappeared from you know the and you the know and when you scene. think about it, when he's first cooking in the beginning, one of the first things he does is he tries to play the tape that she left for him for his birthday, mm -hmm. like you know one of his like keepsakes to remind him of her, and he like can only like listen to like. He can only listen to like a couple a couple minutes of it or yeah. like a couple seconds of it because it just you know th this it haunts him you know it haunts him and you know he carries this grief that's why this pig is kind of like the the loss of this pig is like kind of like a breaking point for him because yeah. he's gone into isolation was all he had at that point yeah and and he went into isolation because and you know it's funny when i when i was i one of the things i noticed too is that when he first like has to talk to somebody the person at the diner is like he, it's almost like he's got even though he deals with a mirror like a mirror like sells the truffles that he finds he uh like he like almost he has this moment where he's like oh i've forgotten how to talk like you know that's how that's how removed he, he felt like he had to make himself in order to not feel the grief of you know trauma yeah and losing someone and losing something you know and i i think about like some of the lines now i, I want to kind of we'll tie back into this conversation because i think it's one of the best scenes in the movie the conversation he has with this chef at a restaurant that's like you know hot and up and coming mm -hmm. is that he says to him he's like um you only you're only given a few things in life that you really care about. You know, you're only, you only have a few things that you, when you really think about it, like, yeah, we might like our stuff and, you know, certain things, what, what have you, but like, we're only given a few things that really matter yeah. in our life, you know, and that you're passionate about. Yeah. And, you know, and stuff that you actually get, care about. And, you know, in this scene, I, I like I said, I think it's the, the best scene in the movie, 
he's talking to the chef, right? Who was one of his fir- former sous chefs. Yeah. yeah. When he was, you know, yeah. and, you know the main chef. And he, like, he has this, like, very, like, bougie and very, like, you know, They're like... serving them deconstructed scallops. Yeah, deconstructed scallops and uh, a foam. They're harping on it being all local, you know, from Oregon. Yeah, stuff, and, like you the know... truffles in it's, particular. It's, it's, like, it's up its own ass. Like, and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, yes. Nick, Nick Cage's uh, character, uh, like, picks that out right away. And, you know, he's just, like... He he's he's like, what was it that you kept on rambling on about? He's like, you said that when you worked for me that you wanted to uh, open a pub, and he's like, and you know, he's like, ah, I don't know, because he's like, he's bought into this lie that he has to be this like, you know, kind of like modern cuisine type chef, small plate tapas, like, mm-hmm. you know, like very, uh, you know, like very highfalutin. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Um, and like very like like is this even like food? Is it, you know mm. what I mean? And and then he like he Nick Cage without yelling. He doesn't yell in this thing. That's mm. what makes it great. Is that he's like he's just very like methodical, and he's just like saying he's just like breaks this chef down to the point where he's like he's like what would be your what would be your signature dish? And he's like oh scotch egg, <laughs> you know, and it's yeah, just like, it like scotch liver eggs or something. I think yeah, and it. and you know to the chef, you know, like that's when he says you know you're only given a few things you care about. The chef had a dream, you know, to like open. A, a, you know, a legit, you know, like an a English, English style pub. pub yeah. yeah, you know, and he's like, oh, but that doesn't sell. You know, that's not what's in, mm-hmm. right? And but he's just like Nick Cage. What he basically. Because he has like a lot of these like kind of monologue, like he has like a monologue. It was almost like he saw through the guys, the facade, thin, yeah, the had, veneer, yeah. <laughs> and you know, uh, and like he, broke him down. Like one of the conversation, the conversation he has with the mirror, like after uh, he like spends the night at his place, is that he goes like he goes like the you know an earthquake will flatten everything and the, the waters will rise and wash everything away. And he's just like, he's like, in the end, he's like all like the, t- the trimmings and all the things of like, you know, like a very bourgeois society mm-hmm. as far as like, you know, like f- foodies and yeah. all, and c- the culinary gastronomic. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's just like, High gourmet. he's, he's just like, there's only the, you know, the thing people, and relationships that are like they're the only thing that really matter. They're the only thing that really matter. Like when you really, you know, like well, and I agree. And but also, I don't think he's saying that the culinary aspect doesn't matter. It's more like that that could be your passion, but right. then also like sharing it with the relationships that matter to you. Right. You know, like and following the passion the way. I think I think what he was saying to him was like you know you should live follow your truth. yeah yeah <laughs> exactly you know like yeah live your truth and follow your passion and like share that with the people you're close with I right. guess you know yeah so uh, you want to give final thoughts sure um, well um, I enjoyed watching this this film um, it was heavy like we said at the beginning. Um, 
the subversion of all like the assumptions and expectations you make like going into this film blind i think was like the best way yeah. possible honestly yeah. <laughs> um yeah you're you're honest because a lot of times with uh trailers and stuff like that they give away a lot of the plot i don't know if this one did but i would recommend you know even if you wanted to be spoiled a little bit the thing is, is that going in blind to this movie is the best way. Yeah. You know, I think it does a great job of like leading you, you know, down, um, you know, a, you know, in an interesting direction where I guess you follow Robin's search for, I guess, you know, his own search for, you know, what he's lost, but also, you know, like what I, I guess he's looking for to make himself feel complete again or fulfilled again, you know, and, you know, the pigs is standing for that and the pig never returns in the movie. I think we said that, you know, the film, yeah, yeah. The, you know, the, the, pig the pigs dies. died and it's never shown again after the after it's kidnapped. Um, and you know that I guess you can kind of think of that as like being a letdown, being disappointing, like a loss for the main for the main character. Robin, you know, and at the end, but at the end, he seems content. You know, he he goes and he rinses himself off of the blood and the grime, yeah. like you said, and he's, you know, sits down and he listens to that tape his wife made, and then it just kind of ends. You know, he, well, he's finally able to like sit through it and listen to it. Yeah, and I don't know if it's like letting go or like acceptance. I think it's more you know, acceptance yeah. because like he's able to actually sit down and listen to the tape. He's actually able to, you know, reminisce without like, you know, kind of being in a, a state of denial. So, yeah, I agree. And I guess the point I'm trying to make is this was a film that required some digesting. You know, 100% because <laughs> no pun intended. We're talking about, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like, honestly, I didn't really, I didn't really know how I felt about this yeah. until we kind of talked it out preliminarily before we started recording. And even now, as we've kind of just like kind of dug into it, like, you know, if you just, you kind of have to like ruminate it, ruminate. Yeah. It's like, a, you have to kind of like sit with it. Damn. And you real and when you sit with him, you kind of think about like what's you know what the movie's trying to say. Like it's it's something. It's definitely heavy, but you know it's it's a powerful and it's like a, it's uh it's a good message. I yeah. think. And I I I like a film that that you know leaves you kind of not sure what to make of it. Uh, like immediately, you know, and it requires some digesting to get a better grasp on it and i'm even still now there's still a lot of things when i think about this film i'm like i don't understand why you know this chef fight was happening i don't you know i wish it kind of revealed more about maybe his wife or you know and a lot and a lot of it's left a mystery or amir's mom you know where he says she committed suicide but then in one scene he's in the hospital and he's like she's basically in, like a vegetable yeah, like you know so there's a lot of stuff left unsaid and i think it's well done though it's not it's not done in a way that leaves you and it's not unsatisfying wanting, yeah or unsatisfied it's done in a way that i think 
it leaves you there to kind of digest it in your own way in the same way that maybe the characters do here. There's one scene that I that for some reason is sticking in my memory that we didn't talk about either, but I think it's connected to memories, and I found it interesting too when he's walking around Portland and he goes back to what I'm assuming is his childhood home, and there's a kid back there playing with I like think some, it was actually supposed to be like the home of him and his and wife. And his wife, yeah. yeah possibly, that, yeah. And there's a kid back there playing. Oh, with you know, some, maybe like, it was his childhood home yeah, because he know. talks to a kid. Uh, yeah, yeah, there, he yeah, talks yeah. That's to why I assume childhood yeah, home because okay. he's back See, there. See, here's the thing: we don't know, yeah. and we you and, and a lot of it, yeah, is left up to your own, I guess, you know, assumptions to fill in the blanks at the end of it all. Um, you know, and he goes back there and he tells the kid, he's like, wasn't there a persimmon tree back here? And the kid asks, oh, what's a persimmon? He's like, it's a fruit. And uh, and he's like, and the kid's like, well, it's not here. And he's like, it must have died. And and he's just like, yeah. And then like, that's that, that's the scene. You yeah. know, he gets up and he leaves. And I, I don't know, there's just a lot of little moments like that, that. Well, even in that scene, you know, the one of the things he says, he's like, He's like, if it's, it's, he's like, if you eat it too early, it'll be too bitter. Mm-hmm. But if you do it just when it's right, it, the tan, the tannins break down mm-hmm. and it's delicious. You yeah, know, yeah. you know, huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that. That's yeah. That is what he says. Yeah. So yeah, it, it feels like there's like the metaphor here where, where when I'm drawing a lot of this metaphor of this film, what I'm drawing from it is that. Yeah, it's to me like the memory plays a big role and maybe, you know, confronting memories, the good ones and the bad ones. But it seemed like they were good memories, but they were painful because it was like something you couldn't return to, you know, maybe confronting those memories, you know, was, I guess, crucial to, you know, him finding some solace you know yeah yeah, finding some peace um so but uh, and you know same same likewise for amir's father too you know who's kind of framed as his villain throughout the story but i think you know he has to come to terms with you know the memories of his wife you know and the loss of his wife amir's father being that being and you know, it doesn't seem like he has like a full. You know, he at the end he's just yelling at them to leave, and then well, the you know, because Amir when he goes and visits his mom in the hospital, he's like, I don't know why he keeps you alive still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that puts probably part yeah, of yeah, like, and he's the, like just you know holding on, and maybe you know to use the metaphor of the persimmon, it's like you know if you eat it before it's ready it's bitter and and you're left with this you know bitter sour taste and the tannins overwhelm you and it's it's a painful experience it's, it, it it tastes like shit but if you wait till it's ripe and then you're you fully come to you you eat it then you eat the persimmon at the right moment then it's satisfying in some way and, and on, honestly in a way you can kind of extrapolate it to just like the grieving process in general mm-hmm. like you know what i mean like at first you know every you know when you when you suffer a loss it's going to be you know hard at first but then as it goes on you know you'll you know at a, a point you will be able to move on yeah yeah so i loved how this movie worked in you know abstract metaphors and i love um how it used food as this tie in with the memories and as the driving force behind 
you know, the characters and the plot. I thought that was very well done. I love the subversion of all your assumptions and expectations at the beginning. It's not violent other than the beatdown scene, which is brutal and makes you almost like I felt very like just like a feeling of disgust well, in that yeah, scene. Well, when he wakes you know? and I've up, watched he's a like, lot of violent yeah, movies. And when he wakes and that was up, a tough scene to watch. Yeah, <laughs> and even like when he wakes up, he wakes up in a pool of his own blood and he's yeah. like sticky and he's like... Oh yeah, that was the beginning. I'm talking about the scene too though. That is oh, true where yeah. he gets beat down by the other sh- Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets yeah. his shit beaten out yeah. of him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the film, he's never violent. He's never violent. He never raises a hand at anybody or commits any violence on anybody else himself, which I think is interesting. But what would you give it? Um, I guess I would say I would like to leave it with like a seven five at least. Okay. Um, I think it's yeah, it was very interesting and um, just excellently done with um the driving themes tying in. Uh, the culinary aspect with the memories and how you one can use that as a connection to those memories, but also as a way to cope in some way and to find peace within the grief you hold on to from what are, you know, happy memories, but at the end bitter because they represent some loss to you. But how the food, the culinary, or whatever passion I might be, you know, in other films, like you mentioned, High Fidelity, music or sideways wine, you know, how that becomes instrumental, that passion for that thing becomes instrumental in your grieving process and eventually your healing process and finding your peace. So, yeah, I, I really like that. Solid 7-5, maybe even entering an 8 territory. Yeah, so, so um, I also really enjoyed this film. I loved I loved the open-ended storytelling that the, um, you know, the director decided to go with, you know. it's It leaves you more to, like, kind of place yourself in the role of Robin a little bit more, you know, by not leaving things a little vague and not having, like, this dump of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like exposition, like an exposition dump, you know, of like who Robin is. Like Mm -hmm. you only learn his name when he goes to like the fight club and he writes his name down, Robin Feld, you know, and then everyone's like, Oh shit. Mm -hmm. You know, I, uh, one, you know, I was just trying to think of while you were talking, I was trying to think of like quote the quotes in this movie that really stuck out to me. And, uh, you know the one the one i keep thinking about is the one where he goes like where he's talking to a mirror and he's just like he's like you know if i never would have went looking then i could always just maintain the hope that the that you know the pig's alive yeah and he goes and then amir goes but it wouldn't but it wouldn't you know and it's like it's almost like this movie is like the different stages of grief you know and it's like it's almost just like and and I think you know Robin's character, the character Robin, like kind of accepts that, and he's just like, yeah, and that's why he like he's able to like wash the blood off his face. He's able, he's able to like you know find like find a find some peace. Is that he's able to g- get over this a trauma of losing some something close to you, which is tough. And you know, I mean, and. It's something that is a very human experience and something that 
everyone, no matter who you are, you, you will lose someone close to you at some point in time. And it will be it'll be tough and it'll be a very, you know, a very painful you know, especially if someone dies, Damn. it'll be, you know, it'll be a very painful experience, you know, just to get through that. And, you know, you might, you might be different. I mean, just any kind of trauma when you think about it, you know, but there will be things there, whether it is food or music or anything else that can connect you to that person through those, me- yeah. through your memories. Well, what's, what's the, you know, we were talking about it not too long ago, but like the Japanese proverb, you told, what, what is it? Like, oh, uh, you like that one. Yeah, I, I really do. <laughs> I really do. It stuck with me a lot. Ever. I don't think I've said on the podcast is the pro- Japanese proverb goes, a man never steps in this, in, in a Creek twice because he's never the same man and it's never the same Creek. Yeah. And that, and that, and that I feel like really ties into this movie, you know, like, like Nick Cage at, at the end of this movie, the character Robin, he is, you know, he's someone completely different than what he used to be. Even at the beginning of this film, he doesn't have, you know, the companionship of the pig that he, you know, he like, he even met, he's like, I love the pig. He's like, I like, you know, it was, I, it was the only thing, there was the only family, the only, you know, relationship he really had, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and I, I love how it just, it leaves it off with him just like, kind of just like looking off into the distance, you know, it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't say that he's found peace. You can extrapolate that he found peace, but, and you can. He looks up. Yeah. Yeah. He looks, he's in his shack and he looks up after yeah. while listening to the tape. Yeah, and you know, I I just I just think that the themes Roll in this, credits after that, yeah. <laughs> I just think the themes in this movie are are honestly just are great and it's the the way that the director subverted expectations by making the audience think that this was going to be a violent revenge film and turned it into something where it's like a statement on like the human condition. That's like really yeah. that's really that's really powerful and that's a hard thing to do without you know, like, you know, it, that's why I'm surprised why it's, it's had a good re- reception from audi- the audience because, you know, it's not like this is not like you, you're going to walk out and be like, yep, I understand this movie. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, you, you have to sit with it. When you sit with it, you're like, wow, this really was something that elicited yeah. a lot of thought and emotion yeah i mean like i said at the beginning too this was this is a difficult one to tackle like in oh this yeah podcast form. Like, and talk you know all we can do is just like kind of talk about like what we think the movie's about like mm-hmm. even our just our you know spitballing is just what we feel like the movie is is trying to get across yeah. and you know ultimately you might have when you watch this you might have a different interpretation and uh, we'd love to hear that. Send it to send an email to Bash Brothers Pod. We also have our Twitter too. Yeah, yeah, at our Twitter. Hey, send it. Who knows? But yeah, um, you know, uh, it's it's just it's it's just a very it's a very pleasing movie. It's a, it's I not pleasing, but it's a it was a good watch. It was a good yeah. watch, and I feel like I've eaten like. A good meal. I mm. feel like that's what the movie has left me feeling like. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you're fulfilled. You feel like you've experienced something that has elicited emotion and feeling 
and, you know, really made you think. And I think when a movie can do that, that's like the highest mark you can get. You can give a movie, you know, that's why I probably give it around. the. I'm really surprised how like emotionally provoking this was. Like really? when we sat down to watch this, I was not expecting yeah, this yeah. at all. <laughs> and that's why I'd probably give it around an eight and eight and a half. That's why I'm feeling on this mm. personally. I think this is a, gr- a a great movie. It's a very original movie. It, there's yes, and and people all these days are always complaining about a lack of originality. The thing in is, Hollywood you just have to you have to film. look for, you have yeah. to look for it. And when you when you seek out a movie like this, you will be more fulfilled than by any like look uh, uh, a a stand like I liked John Wick. I like an action an action revenge film could be fun. But this wasn't it, and it was in fact something better and something um, of more sustenance. Yeah, this it, isn't here to to be a fun time, fun yeah. movie, fun time watch, whatever. No, this, this is something is, where it's, yeah, it's more of an art piece. It's more yeah. of something that's more provoking emotionally and thoughtfully too, and and that's you know, and that's makes you think about your own you know and that's life what, and your own memories that you hold on to and how you connect to them. And that's what good art does, and that's ultimately why I love film. Yeah, and why I think we both love film is yeah. like you know when a movie can do something like this, you know, like when a movie can. Um, cause you to feel a way where you're like, wow, like this is very powerful. This is, you know, what I mean, yeah. and in a way where it's not, you know, cheesy or it's not like um, relying on trope, tropey, you know, mechanisms of telling stories. You know, it it does something that's completely original and beautiful. It's a it's a, it's a, f- a fantastic movie. I really enjoyed this. I recommend. I recommend you out there if you you know want to check out a good movie, check out Pig. Do you think this one's gonna get any Oscar nominations I or think, Golden Globe ones? I, even I, I think at the very least, Nicolas Cage deserves an Oscar for his performance, or at least a, nomina- a nomination. Yeah. A nomination, yeah. um, because I think the screenwriting too. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, deserves. It's hard to non- tell a story when there's just not. I mean, there is talking in this movie, but it's not like filled with dialogue yeah. you know it's like almost like these sm- you know small interactions yeah. but yeah it's really good we both liked it check it out but um i think that's gonna do it for us this week yeah. you know stay tuned for more movie reviews yeah we're gonna be we're gonna be trying reactions or whatever we yeah. want to call them yeah commentaries uh, <laughs> commentaries we're gonna um try and bust through some of these oscar bait films like yeah. some of these um ones just Honestly, because i don't know i mean like the critics like they like stuff like this but also this one might be a little too on the fringe for them true, too i true. think also who knows who yeah. knows it, it could or it could not but i just think that um we want to we want to highlight you know movies that yeah. are, you're going to be hearing about during this time and mm. if you're curious you know this is we're going to be we're going to be covering it come to yeah. us if you love film if you love to explore the <laughs> cinematic yeah, and wank World. off. <laughs> yeah, come, come on down. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, uh, thanks for being here, Zach. And uh, this was a uh, this is a good one. All right. We'll catch you next time. We're out of here. Thank you for listening. Peace.